When the rules of society are broken, things can get a little wild. This is Wild Society. Y'all, how about the undefeated Michigan State football Ugh. team? I'm Chad. I'm Courtney. I'm Jordan. I'm Bethany, and I don't watch football. Welcome to Wild Society. Me either. I have no idea. What's football? Um, Go sports. On their way to be 15-0 and 0 and win the championship. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Didn't it like, just start like a week ago? I can dream. <laughs> you can, I dream. can dream. I don't want to okay. trample your dreams. I mean, I love my, my pokes. Boomer Sooner. Ew, what? But this is not a sports podcast, Chad. <laughs> People don't come here to hear about Michigan Justin State. Bieber likes sports. Okay, but that's different because he's Justin Bieber and he can likes whatever he wants to like. But he, he doesn't hockey. come to listen to Wild Society. More. He's Canadian. He is Canadian. Yeah, he is. Hey, <laughs> I like rugby. <laughs> I like rugby too. Have you watched one of those? I mm. like Justin Bieber. So, welcome back. We've been gone for a few weeks. We've had some sickness. We've had some crazy schedules. We've had trips but we're back i won the lottery oh Oh, god i wish 500 million dollars bye (laughs) (laughs) i broke my headphones i feel like we wouldn't be here (laughs) chad literally did break we're like do we even know what we're doing anymore and his headphones (laughs) broke in half and i have scotch tape listen literally (laughs) that's scotch tape (laughs) because they don't have um, we have duct no tape. Duct, tape. duct tape. I can't. I have to roll that up, but that's going to bother me. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, we're back. We love you guys. We are back. We I was we so sick you. for like a month. I did not have COVID. I am fully vaxxed. Can I ask you a and, question? Yeah. How many COVID tests have you had since the <clears throat> pandemic started? Yeah, I think 10. 10. Whoa. I think you have a record. Yes. Well, I just, you know, I just get freaked out. Like anytime I start feeling bad, I'm like, oh, I have to get tested. I mean, you know, I just, I don't know. I just can't. I'm like, I have to know <laughs> because then I can't go anywhere. You yeah. know what I mean? No, it's, it's responsible. It's yeah. responsible. Yeah. So, but I had two negatives within a two week period and I think I ended up with pneumonia because that's what my daughter had. Oh, dang. Wow. So, yeah. Oh, Letty. I don't like hearing it. I know. She was sick. She was, she, yeah, we were both very sick. For me, it was just, there's so many symptoms now. You yeah. know, with the Delta variant and stuff that I had all the same yeah. similar symptoms. And so I'm like, don't make a dad no, joke. Don't make a dad joke. Don't make a joke. I preview the United variant. <laughs> the Delta variant. The United. I, I couldn't. Well, I prefer the Southwest variant. Yeah. <laughs> I prefer the driving variant. <laughs> yes, you do. You hate flying. That's true. Yes. Oh, yep. so I got hooked last night. Our internet went out. On porn? <laughs> not on porn, no. No. Um, and so I had to turn on cable, I know, which is weird. The what? whole five channels. What, what even I know. Okay? Oh, guys, stop. When cable we, TV? <laughs> we went down to Houston, you know, we had the TV in the hotel room and Letty did not know what commercials were. Oh, that's funny. On the TV. And she kept being like, think what happened that. to my show? Where's my show? Because she's used to <laughs> streaming where yeah. there's no that's commercials. Hilarious. And she was getting so upset yeah, that it would stop. stop. <laughs> and then there would be this weird, you know, all these weird commercials. That's and then her so TV funny. show. Oh, my God. I've never thought of that. <laughs> 
haven't I haven't thought of that either. I didn't either until she was like, Mom, what happened? Anyways. I'm old enough to remember when the TV would just stop at night and it would play like the national anthem and then it would go to black. Really? Yeah. What? Oh, Are yeah. You? When I was like a little, little kid. Really? It would play the Aww. national anthem and then it would just like. It would turn into like a weird. God, we're old. I think that was just like Melvindale. This is like early '80s. It could have been Melvindale. By the way, my story is about Melvindale. So that was called a teaser. I remember when I was a kid watching Nickelodeon Mm -hmm. and all the old cartoons and black and white came on. Nick at Night. Yeah, or Nick at Night came on. I will live for Nick at Night. I'd fall asleep to like the Brady Bunch or Mary Tyler Moore. Mary Tyler Moore. (laughs) Have you guys seen? Oh, I'm old, but you're talking about Mary Tyler Moore. seen the tiktok where it's like when you're you know 13 years old and you fall asleep with the tv on and the person's like sleeping and it's like in the yard and like the, oh, the commercial the comes on and angels. it's like super loud and it scares the crap the yeah the sad animal commercial yes oh i hate oh those it did always come on at like 3 a.m yes so late <laughs> anyways what i was gonna say is an angel. so sad i got caught walk it walking watching a 9-11 special last night because today the day we're recording is 9-11 mm-hmm. i was nine at the time and like i remember seeing it happen on the tv but there was so much i guess i've just never i guess i was past the point of learning about it in school because it did happen it so when new. i was in school mm-hmm. yeah that i just never really knew the details and i don't think anybody really talked to me about it like i knew what happened but the details right. so like watching it last night like i had no idea there was a fourth plane that went down in pennsylvania i had no idea wait really? last night no idea is this a serious? Are you being serious? I'm being 100% serious. I had no idea. You never heard like the let's roll thing? Like the guy who. Are you no, seri- I'm this serious. Is serious. Yes. This is serious. Yes. Oh my God. So I, last night I was just thinking, like, I wonder how many people. No, you're the only one. <laughs> no. <laughs> Maybe. Wait, what are you talking I'm sorry. About? The fourth plane that, that went plane down. That crashed in Pennsylvania. Oh, yeah. Well, to be fair, you know she was nine a, years old when you, it happened. Do you know that there used to be these two buildings? Yes. Oh my God. Yes. I know all of that. I knew there was three planes. I knew one went into the Pentagon, but I had never heard of the fourth one. Yeah. It's hard to believe it's been 20 years, Mm -hmm. honestly. Safe to say I'm the only person who was in college when that happened. Yeah. And they didn't even cancel our classes that day. They didn't cancel our school, but the school I went to was really close to Tinker Air Force Base. So a lot of people got checked out because there were still missing planes. Oh, yeah, for sure. And they didn't know, you know, what was going to happen. So I remember my mom checking me out. I didn't even know what the World Trade Center was until that day. Like I didn't either. I didn't know what the buildings were or anything. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, wild. And we went to Sam's and like stocked up on food and shit. Like, you yeah, know. it was scary. What? I mean, yeah, it was a scary thing. Well, at least you stocked up on food and not toilet paper like people <laughs> did during the pandemic. <laughs> we probably did that the too. Weirdest <laughs> no, maybe. Stuff. Let's talk about our Texas, Texas tour. Oh, we've oh, been wow. all over Texas mm-hmm. lately. Texas. I mean, I guess I was there too. Just not you were. With y'all. You just weren't with us. Can you talk about Marfa? Because I always feel like it's pronounced wrong. Like somebody Marfa a, Washington can't say Marf, Martha correctly. <laughs> well, we were supposed to go to New Orleans, but obviously with the hurricane and everything, we decided not to invade their space. So we switched courses and went to Texas. So I went to Marfa, which is far west Texas, middle of nowhere, but such a magical little artsy town i love it if you haven't been there you should go it's a far long journey but it's yes up it. yeah for real yes up. isn't your work supposed to be there soon yeah i don't know when that's gonna happen oh, okay though. but yeah 
But eventually, Marfa is where. Well, it's actually outside of Marfa, but you see, you've seen the pictures of the Prada store in the middle of mm-hmm. nowhere. That's right, right outside of Marfa. Did you get anything there? <laughs> I know it's not real. <laughs> it's closed. There are things inside, but um. So yeah, it was super fun. Went with one of my friends, and then we met up with Jordan and Chad in Austin, which I love Austin so much. Austin. But I'm gonna say this, you guys. I haven't been to Austin. This is a hot take coming, isn't it? Yeah, it is. I haven't been to Austin in three years, and I basically lived in Austin for like a year and a half. I love it. I love it. I love it. But going there this last weekend kind of shook me. It is a totally different place. So much construction, so many new buildings and businesses, and like that's great infrastructure, blah, 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 blah. But what I liked about Austin- Was that your official infrastructure plan? Yeah, blah, 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 blah. What I loved about Austin was the quirkiness and the local feeling. And mm-hmm. now it just feels like a big shopping center. And I know a lot of people are going to get mad at me for saying that, but I love Austin so much. And I just felt like it was very crowded and it just felt really different. It made me kind of sad. It was hot. too. It was hot it was, as fuck. Yeah. It was 106 degrees <laughs> with 70% humidity. Literally. <laughs> it was like you'd step outside and you're like, nope. Yep. <laughs> Next. Going back. <laughs> But we did stay at Hotel San Jose, which we loved and love Bunkhouse, who runs all those different hotels. Favorite goals. We did go to the National Museum of Ice Cream. Of Ice Cream. That was so fun. You would have loved it, Court. Yeah. Except for the guy. They had, you know, like McDonald's has the ball pit. Well, they had like a sprinkle pit. A pool. A pool. This poor guy lost like his cell phone (laughs) and he was digging through. And all I could think of was all the COVID. Yes. It was stressing me that out. Were probably in there. I, I think of all the things out watching him. They find in the bottom oh, of that when they clean God. it out. No, hypodermic needles. But if you're in Austin, hypodermic <laughs> needles. Oh, I sure hope not. Yeah, I've heard read about that. Oh, well, that's someone like got an stuck urban with legend. a needle. That's like the candy. It Halloween happened to thing. my cousin's friend who's. Uh, uh-huh. Oh, I your cousin's uncle, friend. sister, <laughs> twice yeah. removed, yeah, squirrel. I, I heard that too. Squirrel. Divorced. <laughs> Divorced. Letty would love a huge pile of sprinkles. She is obsessed with. It was super cute. Fun. If you're in Austin, go check out the Museum of Ice Cream. Everything's pink and ice cream everywhere, and you get to it's taste like all these I ice cream. Really Everyone's hat. trying to feed you yeah. fucking ice cream. I literally had to put a sticker on that said "sugar free." <laughs> he did. He had a sugar. Jordan. Yeah, he did. Jordan has diabetes. <laughs> <laughs> He's got the diabetes. I still ate some ice cream, but I was yeah. like around every around every corner they were like, Here. Literally. Would you like some ice cream? Would you like some ice cream? <laughs> no, for real. And then I was like, "Here's candy everywhere." And I'm yeah, like, I got oh the diabetes. My God, fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> I know you guys have already mentioned it before, but I finally caught up on Reservation Dogs. Oh, I love oh, Reservation I love Dogs. That show. I haven't watched it. You gotta so watch good. it. Corey. I know everybody says it's so good. I need to watch it. I haven't honestly have not watched a lot of TV in the last couple of weeks. Same. That's like the one I we watched it on our road trip, but I love it. It's so good, and it's so like Oklahoma ish. It makes I know. me so happy. It is the episode with the uncle is my favorite one so far, where the uncle goes and they. Like retraces bar fights. It was like episode three. Oh yes, I know exactly That's what you're talking about. It's so hilarious. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That yeah. was like when I'm like, this is kind of like a feel good show in a weird way. It's really good. That's the one yeah. with the Alf, right? The Alf, with Alf? the Owl in the <laughs> I tree. Heard Alf too. Yeah. That's I the one where Alf. they had a different director or something on that episode. <laughs> oh, they did. Oh, I didn't catch that. Aren't they doing another season? Yeah, it already okay. got picked up yeah. for a second season. That's awesome. So yay, go Oklahoma. That's really cool. There's like sonic cups in the background. <gasps> oh, yeah. It's ah, totally so many weird. little Oklahoma yeah. nods. I love it. Yeah, that's great. Go watch it. Brahms. It's on Your FX. Brahms? No Brahms yet. No I don't Brahms. Think. Oh, just Sonic. Okay. Heavy, sonic. Heavy, sonic. Heavy Sonic. Heavy on the Sonic. 
Do you think they're a sponsor? <laughs> Maybe, actually. Who knows? Who knows? Ben and I do that when we're watching like The Bachelor or something. We're like, do you think they're a sponsor? When they're like, look at this cup I have right here that they sent in front of right? them with like yeah. a sponsor on. What is an American Idol that always has like the yeah. Coke yes. or Pepsi right yeah. there? Their oh, uh. we're just standing here with our Coke with the label perfectly facing <laughs> no you. No big deal. No big deal. So funny. Oh, a little Britney news. Oh, uh, did you see her father is going to drop the conservatorship? I saw what? that. Yeah. Okay. I Which heard was wild. I heard a conspiracy theory about this though. He thinks that she still needs help seriously, and he thinks the judge won't let it go without a mental evaluation of her, and she, and that she won't. They're pass. betting that well, she won't pass. I think in order to drop it, you just have to have a mental evaluation anyway. Yeah, and they're saying they're betting that she won't pass it, and then it will become like he'll be vindicated. Like he'll be, you know, we'll see. But she, also, I hope, obviously, she, she also passes. has asked her Jody Montgomery, who's in charge right now, to stay on board to. Um, oh, that's good. Keep you know steering her in the right direction, like with like medical wise, medication wise. That's and good. I think the dad's just frightened of the new attorney. Is what it is. Yeah, he should he be frightened. So. I was gonna say he should be. Yeah. As soon as she hired that attorney, things pretty changed. Much everything yeah. changed. So. Yeah. It's true. That was sort of the breakthrough, I think, for her. She yeah. needed. I hope it all works out in her favor, for sure. Before we get into our stories this week, head over to our website, wildsocietypodcast.com, to see pictures from today's episode. You can also find us on Instagram at wildsocietypodcast. What is Instagram? <laughs> Shit. Oh, my God. <laughs> I think it's Wild Society Podcast. Podcast. Okay, sorry. You can find us on Instagram at Wild Society Podcast or on Twitter at Wild Society Pod. And with that, Chad, take it away. Send us a twat. <laughs> oh my God. Oh don't. no, don't send us that. I'm kind of glad you messed that up a little bit because I have to say I'm playing with an injury. And let me explain. I ate some ice cream after the museum of ice cream. And I think I like, you know, in the Christmas story where the kid puts his tongue on the pole and it gets oh stuck. Yeah. I think I like burned with my tongue with ice cream and it's like it's like like your hurts. taste buds are no like in the it's like burned right like ice it, cream uh on the tip it's like a freeze burn it's like a freezer burn but just the tip. like a freezer burn yeah so it's hard to talk like and i had to swallow burn. i guess i don't know if you could hear that so i'm I talking funny i stuck my tongue to a frozen pole when i was a kid and it ripped the skin off my tongue oh <gasps> really Ew. Mm-hmm. what a dummy <laughs> I am going to talk about a murder case in secret societies. In my, in my murder case. Secret society. It's also based in my hometown of Melvindale, Michigan. Melvindale is between two freeways, I-94 and I-75. It's sandwiched between Detroit and Dearborn, which is where Ford is headquartered. That's the only reason I think people would know that. Its motto is a little city with a big heart. And the um, street my parents, where I grew up on, is the first street in town. So you basically get off of I-94 and you exit and it's the first street. And there used to be a sign forever when I was a kid. And it said, welcome to Melvindale, a little city with a big heart. Well, kids always spray painted over heart with the word fart. (laughs) So it's a little city with a big fart. Uh, Well, the city eventually got sick of redoing the sign. So now it just says Melvindale (laughs) when you get to town. <laughs> Which is funny because there's a refinery not far, so it probably did smell. It like did fart. smell like fart a lot of like times. Like Ponca, yeah. yeah. 
Uh, and it's about 10,000 people, um, but it's a really com- compact city. So it's not like some of these rural areas where it's 10,000 and it's kind of spread out. It's a pretty compact area. So that's a brief history of my hometown. 39-year-old David Carter Sr. was an involved member of the Melvindale, Michigan community. He was a volunteer for the Melvindale Junior Football League, who had his own clothing company as well as a full-time job at the Magna Seating Plant in Highland Park, Michigan. He was close to his family. He loved his teenage son. So in the fall of 2018, when no one had heard from him or had seen him in days, Roy cropped up from, from his family and friends. He wasn't the type of person to disappear for days at a time. His family had also not heard from David's girlfriend of six months, 39-year-old Tamara Williams. David's family's first instinct was to contact her. When they got a hold of her, she said she hadn't seen or heard from him either. This struck David's family as odd because the family said the two were always together. In fact, they sometimes wished for time with David alone from Tamara. The family contacted Melvindale police and filed a missing a missing persons report. David's family gets a call from Ohio in early October that no family ever wants. David had been discovered dead on the side of Interstate 75. Mm. David was discovered about 300 miles mm. from his home, actually close, closer to Kentucky than Michigan, even though Melvindale isn't that far from Ohio. Mm. David was found by the Ohio Department of Transportation. I'm not sure if they were doing maintenance work or something like that and came across him but that's who found him. David's family drive down to Ohio to identify him, but they're shocked when they get there. Only half of his body had been found. Oh. The upper part of his body was still missing. What? They just found his legs? Yeah. No. Like How waist did down. they know it was him? DNA had been used to identify him. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. According to an interview David's sister did with Nancy Grace, the discovered part of his body had been found in a sleeping bag on the side of I-75. Did you guys know I was on the Nancy Gray show? I was about to say, you were interviewed by her. I forgot about that. Did you know that? Uh Uh-uh. I was on there one time. uh, when I was Back when I was a reporter, I covered this story where this horrible um, daycare worker had been charged with murdering a child. No. So they asked me to be on there. And it was like a very weird experience. I like (laughs) sat around on the phone waiting for them to call. And then she was like, she basically wanted me to call the suspect, like disparage her like features. She was like, she looked like a linebacker, right, Chad? Oh, my gosh. And I was like, well, the police say that she <laughs> killed her by... And I'm like, I'm not going to call her like, oh a gosh. linebacker. Anyway, <laughs> there are now several agencies investigating uh, at this point what's officially being called a murder. A big question, of course, is where is the rest of David's body? That question would remain unanswered for two weeks. Then on October 16th, the upper half of David's body is found about 20 miles north of the first discovery near New Baltimore, Ohio, on I-75. Upon investigating the murder, police pieced together that the crime occurred on September 29, 2018. On December 20, 2018, a warrant for complaints of first-degree murder, disinterring a dead body, and tampering with evidence is issued for Tamara. The theory is that he was killed somewhere else, and then she moved it. She's tracked taking a train from Ann Arbor, boo, because that's where the University of Michigan is, <laughs> to Brooklyn, New York. Oh, wow. She's then believed to have gone to Atlanta. The U.S. Marshals are one of the agencies searching for her at this point. Now, Tamara, who had no previous criminal record, was a former travel agent. So authorities worry that she knows how to work the system to get around Warren detected that the average person. 
So basically, she could book trips, maybe somehow under the radar using systems mm-hmm. that we might not really yeah. know about. U.S. Marshals Deputy Aaron Garcia said of Tamara, quote, a manipulative person, an evil person out there who thought this out and she killed her boyfriend. Now, this next part of a Garcia's quote is quite important to the rest of the story. Quote, she's very closely affiliated with the Eastern Stars sorority. We know she has a lot of friends, a huge network with the Eastern Stars, which are connected to the Masons and the Freemasons. Oh. This is where it gets interesting. Garcia said, end quote. The Order of the Eastern Star is a secretive society formed in the 1800s from another even older secretive society, the Freemasons. Let's start with the Freemasons. The Freemasons go back to medieval times. Some very famous historical figures, including Mozart and Tolstoy, were members. Some say the group looks out for each other and use their relationships to gain leverage in society. The initiation ceremony, from what I can tell, has never been documented publicly. And reports say there are still hundreds of thousands of members today. They're all men and vastly white. The leader of each lodge is called the Grand Master, which is creepy to me. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I believe Oklahoma's lodge is located in Guthrie, which is, what, about 30 miles north of Oklahoma City? Yeah. There's a couple of them in the state. Really? Mm -hmm. Wow. There is a big fancy one, though, in Guthrie. Yeah, Yeah, I think that's like their main. Every Freemason believes in the great architect or supreme being. The UK, in the UK, there was a documentary shot about the Freemasons, and it was supposed to be like unveiling the curtain, and then the Freemasons participated in it. Well, when it came out, it was nothing like that. Mm. It was basically a bunch of interviews. Hmm. Uh, And in that interview, a member named David Staples uh, had this to say. Anyone can find out about the Freemasons in under 15 seconds on Google. The fact that we keep bits of the ceremony secret doesn't mean any real secrecy in any true meaning of the word. I have been a doctor for 20 years. There is no question that I would employ someone because they were a Freemason and not the best doctor in the room. Hmm. Where it does come in useful is that we are social creatures. In Freemasonry, you can meet people from all walks of life. There are no women, but there are no women in most first XV, which I think is like first 15 rugby teams, or in men's running clubs. Uh, I think it's a little bit different. uh, A little bit. There are women rugby clubs, and there are a few women Freemasonry lodges. Is Freemasonry guilty of conspiratorial bad practice? There are a lot of circumstantial evidence that it did happen in the 70s, and it wasn't our shining moment. But if you look at the Catholic Church over the centuries— it's clear they didn't have a particularly good time during the Inquisition. My gosh. So I, I knew, I've heard about the Inquisition. The Inquisition dates back to the 1100s. Yeah. So I think comparing something that goes back to the <laughs> 1100s to something from 40 years ago yeah, is not what different. I call the mm-hmm. apples and apples. Um, now here in a bit, we'll talk about why I think this anti-Catholic comment might be more than kind of a one-off throwaway line. Oh, okay. That might appear more than it first appears mm-hmm. to be. The Order of the Eastern Star gets its official start in 1876, although there were traces of it as far back as 1850. The order allowed women related to the Masons into its membership. Mm, okay. If you Google the Order of the Eastern Star in Christianity, you'll find Christian websites that say Christians under no circumstance should join the order. So I'm not a theolo- theologian. Theolog- theologian. Theologian. Oh my God, how do you say that? <laughs> I just had theologian. a theologian. Theologian. <laughs> I'm not a theologian. Right? Did you guys Isn't know? You say that? Yeah, Did you guys know I'm not a theologian? 
Did you yes. know that? We know now. <laughs> and I'm sure there are Christians who are members of these secretive societies. But I'm going to list um, a few of the reasons I found on these websites to say not to join if you're a Christian. Prayers are offered to a supreme being. So Christians say that obviously you should be praying to God or Jesus. But the order fires back saying that it's simply their way of welcoming all different religious beliefs. Another point Christians bring up is that the order is exclusive, which goes against Jesus's teachings that all are welcome. And this is actually true. So as we said earlier, members of the order must be a female relative of a Mason. They have to be over 18 and a resident of a state for a certain period of time. They also need a free criminal record. And this is, to me, a weird part. They must also be of, quote, disqualifying mental illness. Oh. Which seems very kind of, "Eh, Mm. we're better than you. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Christians also claim that the five-pointed upside-down symbol of the order is the same as the Church of Satan. And we're about to get biblical here, (laughs) so stay with me. The order of the Eastern Star claims that the star comes from Matthew, book two, chapter two, quote, where is the one who has been born king of the Jews? We saw his star in the east, end quote. However, some Christians say that a star in the east and the eastern star are two different things. The eastern star was long known as Sirius, the dog star, or the star of the Egyptian god of chaos. Hmm. And then there's a final point that there's, of course, a lot of secrecy in the, in the group. Like we mentioned, the initiation ceremony has never been documented And there's also the word or letters F-A-T-L, which, of course, spells fatal in the Mm. symbol, but only members know what this means. Oh, interesting. It's kind of a lot of secrecy. There's some other points listed, but it's kind of like, well, we're not saying it means this, but those are the four ones I thought kind of were at least got my, yeah. (laughs) Hmm, Interesting. So that's kind of a quickish history of the Masons and the order of how this society may play a role in this. Okay. But here's the kicker. The marshals believe the order members may be helping Tamara without knowing she's a fugitive. Hmm. Remember, the marshal quoted earlier said she's manipulative. So she could have just given some story about needing help traveling. Like, oh, I'm out of money. Oh, can you help give me some cash? She may have kind of been saying, like, I need some cash to travel Mm -hmm. because cash is untraceable. Yeah. And these people may just be good people who are just don't know helping out a a fellow member. Hmm. Of course, police say Tamara is extremely dangerous. Psychologist Karen Stark, who appeared on Nancy Grace, said Tamara shows signs of a person who, quote, murder again. I'm so sure of it, end quote. As far as David's family goes, they obviously miss him. They said David always had them laughing, no matter what the circumstances were or what was happening at the time. Now they say it's sadly quiet without him. David's father, Elton, said in an interview in an attempt to get through to Tamara, quote, Tamara... You're out there. You know us. You know what you've done. Turn yourself in, baby. You can't keep running. Sooner or later, law enforcement will find you. Spare us and yourself and your family. The grief of going through all of this, turn yourself in, sweetheart. Tamara Williams is 5 feet 9, 190 pounds with several tattoos. Police believe she may have changed her hair to disguise her appearance. You can call the U.S. Marshals at 313-234-5656 if you have information. Of course, there's a reward available. One last thing, which is a little creepy. The first grand chapter of the Order of the Eastern Star was founded in guess where? Michigan. Mm, Michigan. 
So that is the case of David Carter Sr. and the possible involvement of secret societies in his murder. Wow. So we still don't know. We still don't know. She's on the loose, which it's very rare for somebody who's been identified. You have clear pictures to just disappear. It it hardly ever happens where you just can't find the person. I, Mm. if I had to guess, I think between her being a travel agent, knowing how to get around. Yeah. And I think she's probably using these people. Very well connected. To kind of disappear. She, for all we know, she's in Europe. I was about to say, she's in Asia country. somewhere. Yeah. Um, I don't know. What do you all think? So, but we don't know for sure that she killed him. Oh, they're pretty sure that she's the one who killed him. But how do they know for sure? I think they have evidence they okay. don't want to give Somehow. out. Okay, yeah. okay. Yeah. Interesting. Because once they, they talked to her once, then when the warrant came out for her, she disappeared. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. That makes, yeah. Doesn't um, look good. <laughs> yeah, that doesn't look good. <laughs> So finally, I want to thank my friend Molly Strez from Melvindale. She's the one months ago who told me to do the story. I've just been waiting for more news yeah, to, to come see out if something breaks, and nothing has. So mm. it's just sketchy, sketchy white men shit. When you start saying like <laughs> you can't have, I'm not wrong. I'm not wrong. Right. Sketchy. Oh, I forgot the word old. Sketchy old white men shit. Well, you should look at the website. It's a little. It's a little odd, but there. When when you start having like we can't have certain mental issues and <clears throat> you have to have the everyone has some sort of mental issue for sure for yeah sure. it's kind of like they're drawing lines well, it's like to eugenics kind of people out. it's like hitler-ish right honestly know? they have a lot of issues <laughs> so um look internally at yourself look internally. feel <laughs> sounded so alexis yeah, yeah. well it's like tamra she didn't have a criminal record before this yeah. and she you That's know she too. was involved somehow Hopefully they find Tamara. Yeah, his family needs closure. Yeah, I can't. Closure's imagine. not even a real thing, I'm no, sure. No, it's but. not, but also you have to think. She had to have help. I'm wondering that too, because he's a big guy. How do you just yeah. chop him up in half? You don't. Um I was wondering that too. And move him around. Move like, him that's around. Hard. I've wondered that too. Yeah. And I could not find I have so many sources, nine sources, and none of them give any details. Very credible sources. None of them give details on the murder, hmm. like what happened, what what weapon was there used. There has to be a reason. They're keeping their yeah. details very close to themselves. Mm-hmm. So I'm wondering if they think there's a second person involved and they're, and they're just not wanting to say anything. Maybe. If we have any updates, I will be sure to let everybody know. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So everyone knows cotton candy is... Basically a staple when you go to the carnival. Ugh, love it. Me too. It's pretty much the classic carnival Definitely. candy you can get. Whoever gets it, you end up like picking pieces off of it. Oh, yes. I'll stab someone if they try that. <laughs> I will stab you. I'll stab you twice. Don't take Chad to the fair. <laughs> oh, really, you don't want to do No, you don't. That's a good, that's a good idea. <laughs> Our friends Lisa and Anthony have actually come up with a fantastic idea of making gourmet cotton candy. And the flavors are out of this world. So yummy. They're so good. Flavors ranging from spicy to sour to sweet. They cover like everything. We're talking flavors like Belgian waffle, cherry bomb, which has like a spicy kick. It will like knock your socks off. It is very spicy. So good. And sucker punch for all you sour candy lovers out there. Okay, but the Belgian waffle. I know. I agree with you, Courtney. Literally, you can taste the butter and the syrup and the waffle. Like, it's so interesting. I've never had anything like it ever. We've had it in the house. And the one thing I noticed, besides it's amazing, 
if you just keep the lid off a little bit, it actually doubles as a as a candle, and your whole house will smell amazing. Dual purpose. Dual purpose. <laughs> the best part about this is that they're local, uh, out of Norman, and who doesn't love to shop local? Yeah. They also can ship anywhere in the U.S. So go to their website www.carnivalsugar.com and their Instagram Carnival Sugar. When you place an order, uh, make sure to type Wild Society in the notes and you'll receive a free sample. Ooh. Yeah. And the only thing better than cotton candy is free cotton candy. Yeah. Right. Uh, Absolutely. (laughs) Free, delicious. What's your favorite? So your favorite is? Oh, hands down, Belgian waffle. Belgian waffle. I would say Belgian waffle, but I was pleasantly surprised in the sour because Mm -hmm. I'm not the biggest sour fan. But I really like that one. So I it's love a close that. second for but me. But I love all the sour things. The me spicy too, yeah. one is so cool because it has like the pop rocks going in there. Yes. I know. I appreciate it. It's so unexpected. It's a very interesting event happening in your mouth. I am a cherry bomb fan because I, I love spicy. Carnivalsugar.com. I have the wild story this week. So. This week, I'm going to be talking about Michael Malloy, also known as Mike the Durable. Ooh. So my primary source... Is he a bottom? <laughs> <laughs> He's very durable. I don't know. My primary source is Smithsonian Magazine. So there's all kinds of... This story takes place in the early 30s. So there's all kinds of editions and tall tales and all these things that have found their way into the story. So I focused on the Smithsonian's account because I felt like they were the most reliable source out there. The Smithsonian Magazine is so good. Their articles are so good. They are good. Yeah. yeah. So who is Mike Malloy? According to Smithsonian Magazine, quote, no one knew much about him, not even, it seemed, Malloy himself, other than that he had come from Ireland. He had no friends or family, no definitive date of birth. Most guessed him to be about 60. No apparent trade or vocation beyond the occasional odd job sweeping alleys or collecting garbage. Happy to be paid in alcohol instead of money. Oh, yeah. (laughs) I knew you would respond to that. Yeah. What kind of alcohol? (laughs) I think he was a whiskey man. Oh, nice. Malloy loved to drink and could regularly be found at Tony Marino's Speakeasy in the Bronx. It's said that he would come in every morning and ask for, quote, another morning's morning, if you don't mind. By the afternoon, Malloy would be passed out on the floor, another day's drinking tab growing by the glass. Some other regulars at Tony Marino's Speakeasy were Francis Pasqua and Daniel Kreisberg, I think is how you say it. Francis was a 24-year-old undertaker, and Daniel was a 29-year-old grocer and family man. I think he had three kids. So one day in July 1932, Francis asked Tony, who owned the bar, if he'd take out a life insurance policy on Mike Malloy, promising to take, to take care of the legwork himself. Francis knew Tony had already pulled off this con successfully before. So going back to Smithsonian Magazine, quote, The prior year, Marino, who was 27, had befriended a homeless woman named Mabel Carson and convinced her to take out a $2,000 life insurance policy, naming him as the beneficiary. One frigid night, he force-fed her alcohol, stripped off her clothing, doused the sheets and mattress with ice water, and pushed the bed beneath an open window. The medical examiner listed the cause of death as bronchial pneumonia, and Marino collected the money without incident. End quote. The three men sat in the bar, eyeing the passed-out Mike Malloy, and decided he would be a great, easy target for them. Little did they know how, quote, durable Mike could be. Ooh, I like yeah. this. Oh my gosh, does he have like nine lives? We'll find out. He holds up. 
Francis Pass. <gasps> is this where the Duracell battery comes from? <laughs> the bunny. <laughs> yeah, is he's he a bunny? actually a bunny with a drum. <laughs> oh my god. He gets so drunk, he dresses up as a bunny Actually, with a drum. Historically, he had a saxophone, but it didn't work for the marketing department, so he turned it into a drum. You just say that because you play the saxophone. Uh, one time I blacked out, and the pictures I saw, I had on bunny ears from the night before. <laughs> you really? No recollection. You yeah. know, uh, shout out to my friend Kelsey. We literally rented a bunny costume on South Congress in Austin like 10 years ago and did a photo shoot drunk on South Congress. That sounds amazing. Where are these pictures? <laughs> I showed you a picture of me wearing a bunny hat. Oh, you did, but I didn't know the backstory. Well, there's a story. Anyway, <laughs> back to Mike. Okay. Francis Pasqua spent the next five months visiting life insurance agencies with an unnamed acquaintance. He went by Nicholas Mellory, I think is how you say it. The plan was to take out as many policies on Mellory as possible. The group would then kill Mike Malloy, and bartender Joseph Murphy would identify him as being Mellory, for whom the policies had been taken out on. So a little switcheroo. The men would then split the $3,576, which is around $54,000 today. I love when we do calculations. I do too. (laughs) On a December night in 1932, the men set their plan in motion. Tony Marino gave Mike an open tab, hoping he would literally drink himself to death. The next three days, Mike drank constantly, pausing only to eat. When Mike showed up on day four, ready to continue his bender, Tony began to feel impatient. Bartender Joseph Murphy had an idea to change Mike's whiskey and gin to wood alcohol. So if a drink has just 4% wood alcohol, it can cause the drinker to go blind. Really? Yes. And by 1929, more than 50,000 people had died from impure alcohol. I don't think I've even heard of wood alcohol. I I hadn't either. Mm -hmm. But I guess it it was a fear back then. The men decided they would serve Mike straight shots of pure wood alcohol. According to Smithsonian Magazine, quote, the gang watched as Malloy downed several shots and kept asking for more, displaying no physical symptoms other than those typical of inebriation. He didn't know that what he was drinking was wood alcohol, reported the New York Evening Post, and what he didn't know apparently didn't hurt him. He drank all the wood alcohol he was given and came back for more. Oh, my God. Night after night, the scene repeated itself. With, night after night? Yes, with Malloy drinking shots of wood alcohol as fast as Murphy could pour them until the night he crumpled without warning to the floor the gang fell silent staring at the jumbled heap by their feet pasqua knelt by malloy's body feeling the neck for a pulse lowering his ear his ear to the mouth the man's breath was slow and labored they decided to wait watching the sluggish rise and fall of his chest any minute now finally there was a long jagged breath the death rattle but then malloy began to snore he awakened some hours later, rubbed his eyes, oh and said, quote, Give me some of the old regular, me lad. <laughs> oh, my, oh my gosh. gosh. <laughs> it was clear that their plan was not working, and the costs were adding up by the day. The, quote, murder trust, as the press would later call them, decided to play on Mike's love of seafood for their next murder attempt. <laughs> oh my God. I love seafood. <laughs> I, I do, do too. too. <laughs> Ugh, crabs. Yeah. <laughs> They soaked oysters in denatured alcohol or denatured. I'm not really sure what that is for several days before serving them up to Mike. Mike ate each one and finished with a swig of wood alcohol. Listen, 
This guy, Jeez. his bar tab sounds more than the $3,500 we're trying right? to cash in on. Seriously. Also, how does he not, like, I mean, I guess he's just so drunk he doesn't realize how bad drunk. it tastes. Yeah. Yeah. The men waited for Mike to drop to his death, but all they got was a happy and full Mike Malloy. <laughs> happy and oh full Mike Malloy. <laughs> he's like, man, y'all be treating me. Yeah. He's like, you got any cigarettes? <laughs> Next, bartender Joseph Murphy let a tin of sardines rot for several days. Before Can I tell you something? Yeah. I love sardines. Oh, no. They're no, so good no, with no. the mustard in there. Oh, oh my oh, God. No. God. <laughs> oh, they're so good. Mustard? And they're a little like, they make this one. When you're getting them out of the can, because oh, uh, no. they mush around, Courtney, they're so good. I'm really disturbed. Yep, yep, mm. yep, yep. Joseph Murphy let a tin of sardines rot for several days before putting them on a sandwich mixed with shrapnel. Oh, my God. Metal <gasps> shrapnel. Jeez. He's like, these sardines are crunchy. I <laughs> <laughs> Malloy finished the sandwich and asked for another one. Oh, your shrapnel God. sandwich is so good. Is this the special? <laughs> it's the special. Yeah. What the fuck they eat over there in Ireland? <laughs> Again, according to Smithsonian Magazine, quote, Marino recalled his success with Maybell Carlson and suggested that they ice Malloy down and leave him outside overnight. That evening, Marino and Pasqua tossed Malloy into the backseat of Pasqua's roadster drove in silence to Crotona Park and lugged the un- unconscious man through heaps of snow. After depositing him on a park bench, they stripped off his shirt and dumped bottles of water on his chest and head. Malloy never stirred. When Marino arrived at his speakeasy the following day, he found Malloy's half-frozen form in the basement. <laughs> Somehow Malloy had trekked the half-mile back <laughs> oh my God. and persuaded Murphy to let him in. When he came to, he complained of a, quote, wee chill. Jesus. <laughs> I got a wee chill. <laughs> I've got a wee chill. Okay. Just a wee chill. Don't tell me. Does he know they're doing this to him? No, he doesn't. Okay. At all. Next, the group decided they would run over Mike with a car. Okay. <laughs> they're, they're escalating. I was hey, stand say, right there, please. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, next, they cut his head off and it grew back. <laughs> well, that has to be look natural, you know, because they're trying to claim life insurance. They found a cab driver named Harry Green to do the honors in exchange for $150 of the insurance money. Okay. At this point, they're at least at $3,000. Oh, yeah. Especially with all the people involved now. They're like, okay, you you help us. We'll give you a little bit. You know, that's dumb. It's At this point, they can't even afford their own shrapnel sandwich. (laughs) Exactly. To collect. Exactly. Going back to Smithsonian Magazine again, quote, they all piled into Green's cab and drunken Malloy strewn across their feet. Green drove a few blocks and stopped. A man named Bastone and Murphy dragged Malloy down the road, holding him up crucifixion style by his outstretched arms. Green gunned the engine. Everyone braced. From the corner of his eye, Maglione saw a quick flash of light. Stop, he yelled. The cab lurched to a halt. Green determined it had just been a woman turning on the light in her room, and he prepared for another go. Malloy managed to leap out of the way, not once, but twice even though he was very intoxicated. On the third attempt, Green raced toward Malloy at 50 miles per hour. With every- Which back then, <laughs> calculating is 150 miles an hour today. Basically, basically. <laughs> with every second, Malloy loomed larger through the windshield. Two thuds, one loud and one soft. The body against the hood and then dropping to the ground. For good measure, Green backed up over him. Oh my, oh my God. God. The gang was confident Malloy was dead, but a passing car scared them from the scene before they could confirm. 
it fell to Joseph Murphy, who had been cast as Nicholas Mullery's brother, to call morgues and hospitals and attempt to locate his, quote, missing sibling. No one had any information, nor were there any reports of a fatal accident in the newspapers. Five days later, as Pasqua plotted to kill another anonymous drunk, any anonymous drunk, and pass him off as Nicholas Mellory, the door to Marino's speakeasy swung open and in limped a battered, bandaged Michael Malloy, looking only slightly worse than usual. Oh my god! His greeting, quote, I sure am dying for a drink, end quote. (gasps) Jeez. Oh my gosh. (laughs) Is he human? Okay, I Wait, just is he related to those women who got ran over in your one yeah. story? Seriously. Oh, the <gasps> twins. The twins and drove Ali off. Adu. Yeah. He's an alien. <gasps> He's an alien, maybe. He's an alien. Okay, but why didn't they just resort to like rat poison? I don't know. <laughs> don't ask me the logic right. of murderers. Because the back member back in the twenties, doctors didn't know what they were doing. True. You could have really done anything, but like they wouldn't know. I mean, rat poison's in my story for next week, so mm, it's a theme. On February 21st, 1933, the men ran a rubber tube from a gaslight to Mike's mouth, then wrapped a towel around his face. This time, Mike succumbed and was murdered. No, Mike. I know. So sad after all those times. I thought you were going to say at the end, you're going to be like, now at the age of 130, <laughs> he is the oldest living man. Smithsonian Magazine claims, quote, Dr. Frank Manzella, a friend of Pasqua's, filed a phony death certificate citing... Lobar pneumonia as the cause. The gang received only $800 from Metropolitan Life Insurance Company. Murphy and Marino each spent their share on a new suit, as you do. Pasqua arrived at the Prudential office, confident he would collect the money from the other two policies, but the agent surprised him with a question. When can I see the body? Pasqua replied that he was already buried. An investigation ensued. Everyone began talking, as they do, and everyone eventually faced charges. Oh. Yeah. So they exhumed his body and were able to see that clearly he was murdered. Frank Pasqua, Tony Marino, Daniel Kreisberg, and Joseph Murphy were tried and convicted of first-degree murder. Quote, perhaps, one reporter mused, the grinning ghost of Mike Malloy was present in the Bronx County Courthouse. The charter members of the murder trust were sent to the electric chair at Sing Sing, which killed them all on the very first try. Oh, I like that point. Yep. That's yeah. from the Smithsonian. That's funny. And that is the story of Mike the Durable. Isn't that insane? Yeah. Sing Sing, oh isn't gosh. that a famous? Yeah, it's a rough one. Yeah, it's a rough one. I love the headline of the story, Four Convicted of Murdering Man Who Almost Refused to Perish. <laughs> See, and that's why everyone needs to go out and get drunk. <laughs> you're probably more limber when you're drunk because you're not, like you when you're about to get in a car anything. wreck, you're not supposed to that's stiff true. up. That's true. You're See? loose, mm-hmm. loosey-goosey. Yeah. That's why I like to be drunk all the time. <laughs> like poppers. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, that God, story crazy. is insane. It's pretty wild. Out of all that, they bought a suit. I know. It probably wasn't even a good suit. Yeah, probably all that wasn't. work for I that. Know. From yeah. Woolworths. And they didn't even get to claim most of the money. That's what you Jeez. get when you try to murder somebody. Is that like that's the moral um, of the story? From uh, what was it? Full House would always have a lesson at the end. <laughs> yes. Is that what your stories are going to yeah, have now? Need, as a lesson, like, play some music in the background yeah. as we talk about the moral. You no know, kids, when you try to murder someone eight times, that says more about yourself than the world. Oh my gosh! Thanks for listening this week. Head over to our website wildsocietypodcast.com, to see pictures from today's episode. 
Also, be sure to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you enjoy listening to our show. We love you guys, and we will see you next week. I could use some wood alcohol. Thirsty. Bye. Bye.